welcome everyone and thank you very much for joining me. It's Grant Asplund here and we got another episode of Talking Cloud. You know, this is where we talk about cloud and cloud computing. We talk about cloud adoption, some of the challenges, risks, concerns, difficulties, benefits, all the things that you should be considering as you're moving your workloads and your data center up into using public cloud. Now listen, I don't know everything, but I know how to find people that do. And so while I'm not a know-it-all, we're going to get know-it-alls on the program, and we're going to have guests that really have practical, real-world expert experience, and they're going to have just some great conversation with us. Uh, We hope that you find it enjoyable, time well spent, and if so, you'll come back and we'll have you here again and again and again. And with that, I'm going to just jump right in. I'm so excited today. We've got, you know, one of the biggest issues in the cloud, and it's in all of the reports, is compliance. And so I thought, hey, let's get an expert in the world of compliance. And I'm thrilled to announce that joining me today is the Chief Compliance Officer and Senior Vice President with Calpine Corporation, You may know Calpine. They're a large energy corporation located in Houston. Well, their headquarters are in Houston, Texas. With me, I have Mr. Kevin McMahon. Kevin, thank you so very much for taking time to chat with me today. Looking forward to it, Grant. So more than 75% of uh, corporations are either uh, extremely or very concerned about security, but yet they're moving quickly to the cloud. And in the world of, of compliance in particular, what makes it more difficult or more challenging uh, uh, to find and realize compliance in the cloud? Or is it more challenging? Yeah, Grant. I think I think what you're seeing in the in the cloud is you're looking at a completely different skill set than potentially you had for managing your data center and applications in house. Where, you know, you could decide when to shut it down. You had all the dashboards and the um, reporting built in, and now you have to go through a third party provider. They're going to set up your security and configuration based on your specifications. And, you know, when I talk to the senior leadership in the company, it's a little bit like the old IBM MVS environment where everything is shut down and then you have to turn it on, or is it a PC environment where everything is open and then you have to lock it down? And so case by case, application by application, as well as vendor by vendor, you see a completely different mindset around it. Look, the cloud vendors want to have you fast and furious, get out to the cloud, start consuming you know, CPU and storage because that's how they get paid. And so if, you're, if you as a company don't know what you're buying, they're going to get you fast and furiously on the cloud, but you may not be secure or even have good compliance. And so we found that you know, having the talent in-house is probably step number one to know what the heck you're buying. I think that's that's one of the key attributes. The second piece is there's a gap monitor- there too, right, Kevin? I mean, it sure a seems like there's a, a real challenge there. How do you find the right people? How do you guys do it? Do you invest in your own? Is it kind of yeah. combination? I didn't mean well, to interrupt, so but this used, is a big topic. Yeah, no, no. We've used we've used third parties to help us move, migrate to the cloud. Um, we had talked about before the call. You know, some of these. Um, 
vendors, you know, the, the your opportunity in three to five years is you only can use their application in the cloud. And so we've we've uh, brought in outside resources, primarily consultants, and then we're training our folks in-house as well. The the challenge is buying the talent is is very hard. So we're augmenting with consultants who have uh, a lot of experience, you know, quote unquote, in the cloud. Now, look, everybody's racing out there and there's a lot of folks who say they're uh, they're good. So we're looking for the certifications. And so certification is is kind of key. And we're pushing that very, very much in-house to get our people up and certified. Certified. These you're, you're talking your own people, but then also in the interview process as a yardstick and a measuring tool for who's qualified. Right. Because when we, you know, these consulting firms will say, hey, we have somebody who's, you know, got... 19 years of cloud, and then you got to laugh a little bit and you realize, you know, cloud is, is just a moniker for someone else who's running your data center. <laughs> that could be uh, that, that could be that they're a 3270 expert and the cloud was, you know, a mainframe. Exactly, exactly. And, and you know, the interpretation of what is cloud is very different uh, about what what kind of environment they're going to set up for you. So so we look for certification as a as a you know just a primary cutoff that they've got to have people who are certified on Azure or AWS or whatever platform we're going on. And w- which is a great uh, segue to uh, you know it seems like the world's kind of gravitating to the big. Uh, players, which doesn't surprise me. It's a utility. It's a, uh, I would imagine a very familiar model for you. And I've said for a long time, you know, this will prevail, right? To be able to just plug in and use compute somewhere else uh, instead of uh, having to maintain it yourselves. But my question is, which, uh, if you can disclose or discuss, or maybe you can talk about it in another way, uh, are you all in one basket? Are you spread across multiple? Multiple, and and if it's multiple in particular, how do you manage that? Well, so the the short answer is multiple, and uh, primarily that's a result of we've done some acquisitions and some of the smaller companies that we've uh, pivoted to to buy for agility purposes. They themselves don't even have a stand-up uh, environment because they're very entrepreneurial and you know they're focused on the business versus IT being their business. Mm-hmm. And so we've we've come to get to to acquire some of it through uh, just uh, acquisition, which I think many large companies are seeing as they acquire a company. And so we've kept things on those platforms uh, as it as it's made sense. But we've found is. You know, like I go back to my my uh, PC versus an MVS environment. You know, it's very different between Amazon and and Azure. I mean, it, just at a fundamental level, you know, Microsoft is you know started out with a, believe it or not, a strong uh, security kind of framework and design, and Amazon has been very Azure. Uh, Amazon has been very the opposite of Azure. It's been uh, trying to build out as fast as possible and, and configure as you'd like. Hmm. And so we've seen when we've configured as we've liked uh, security and uh, compliance monitoring and, and visibility is not a high point. It's usually speed to market. And so very much like Amazon themselves, I mean, they stand up websites overnight to sell new products and then take them down. And that's kind of how they got into the business where I think Microsoft is, is I don't want to say competing with itself, but competing against its old rivals of, you know, an IBM data center kind of 
mentality. And so they're trying to sell the compliance and the configuration controls that they have. It's, you know, it's very interesting uh, because I've said many times in presentations, they're both scaling the same mountain, but it's remarkable how they're taking different paths because Microsoft certainly uh, has what we could refer to as sacred cows, right? Office 365, Windows, uh, and, and these are things that Amazon didn't have. Right. And so it is kind of interesting the way they're both approaching what really ultimately is is the same place. Um, but I think I well, their I, corporate customers are going to demand the security and compliance over time. I mean, we've we've set up containers and, you know, the security when we go in to take a look at it from an audit and compliance perspective is is lackluster at best. Right. And how long you retain records and all that's that kind of back office, mm -hmm. you know, to the, to the application people it has become very important. So I think they'll they'll both to sell to the large corporate customers will have to, as you say, get to the same path in the road of of having a secure application platform and data storage configuration model and how's the uh, or i guess i should ask you mentioned visibility earlier it's almost like deja vu when i think about uh the cycle as we all went through uh virtualization in general right and vmware popped up everywhere and there was new visibility challenges uh new compliance challenges but great benefit and everyone moved there pretty rapidly seems very, very similar in a lot of regard. Absolutely. I mean, so the visibility is what you ask for. Again, it goes back to the educated buyer. You got to have a different procurement skill set. You got to have a different IT skill set. And you have to have your, you know, the people who are going to audit it have the skill set to actually know what they're looking for. I mean, the, the visibility is what you ask for from the vendor. So it's very much uh, caveat emptor, buyer beware. If you don't ask for it, they're not going to provide it. And you may, in fact, get a better price, but you may you may have heaped on a, a significant amount of risk that you didn't even know you were signing up for. Mm, mm. And and you don't have boilerplate. Um, everybody gets this kind of configuration and visibility. Right. And from a from a tool set, is it possible to take the traditional on prem tools and try to use and apply them for cloud environments and applications? I mean, I've heard mixed reviews there. Uh, our success is not really. I mean, look, the people, you know, it, people are creatures of habit. And, you know, we've had folks ask the to have those same tools on, on uh, the cloud environment. But what we find out is a lot of them haven't adapted to the cloud, at least early on when we've done the migration. And so they they end up using two sets of tools to do the job that they used to do with one. And it's very confusing and, you know, they don't understand the configuration as well. So we have found that it's better to go with whatever the configuration and monitoring tools are best for that suite versus uh, trying to migrate yep. and try to retain some of that talent. So I'm curious uh... – Despite the challenges, what percentage would you say of your workloads uh, data center functions have been moved into public cloud? And, and what's the drivers? What's the key things that you've realized as a result of it? Well, I would, you know, so uh, I would say public cloud probably, you know, our, our percentage is, is not that high. We have a lot of private cloud at the moment because we're, 
we have a legacy contract with a, a third-party provider for a data center. Um, but I would say, you know, the virtualization of our applications is probably closer to 80% at this point into the cloud. So the applications have kind of moved and the data is still uh, in its migration flight as far as the legacy data. Um, you know, so we, we've taken the approach of, you know, we're not going to move all our legacy information into the cloud. We'll just keep it where it is and then reference it. Because as it ages out, you you know, we'll, we'll need it for compliance purposes, but we don't necessarily need it in the cloud for immediate um, attribute pulling as far as reporting and the like. Right, right. But you expect more to go up as those legacy contracts expire? I mean, do you anticipate that model to prevail for your environment? What's your split? What's your vision in terms of compute in an organization like yourself? Well, I, th I think you start looking at applications like HR, you look at, um, they're all in the cloud. I mean, we've been, quote unquote, moving to the cloud before we even knew it, you know, where we had a host, you know, t say tax software or HR payroll software. You know, you think back ADP was, was in the cloud in the, in the 90s, right? Because you logged into their system, be it a mainframe, and you did all your payroll, and then they sent you checks. So we're just a little bit different now that it's web-based and you own the data and it's compartmentalized, but you pretty much uh, we see anything and everything that can be moved to the cloud going to the cloud. Because of the scalability, right, the old data center model was guess how much you're going to need in the future and then add a little. And then if you've guessed wrong, the vendors would make a significant amount of money on your upcharge <laughs> on data storage. Yeah. Yeah, the new exactly. model is they'll stand it up when you need it and take it down if you don't. So uh, one piece that I think is is not talked about a lot from compliance is is your data retention. You really have to set up your, your, your uh, cloud model to really understand your retention policy so you don't end up with the same – uh, legacy information sitting out there way longer than it needs to, not from a performance standpoint, but just from a cost standpoint. Mm -hmm. But we're moving everything we can to the cloud other than legacy storage. And then you'll cycle it off and, and yeah. move it off uh, offsite yeah, somewhere? We have, yeah. So we have, we have compliance requirements. Some say that we have to keep it the life of the contract plus 10 years. Yeah, it's a long time. Mm -hmm. We probably never it once the end of the contract happens no reason to pay for it to be up in uh in the cloud right. but we definitely want to keep the information to be in compliance if we get a regulatory inquiry yeah so we're making decisions based on the application and the type of data not just is it cheaper right right you know one of the things too kevin that i've heard people say uh, and i it, it makes sense you know it's so simple Right. It's so easy to spin up an account, to spin up a, a, a new app um, that we're sometimes a little bit hasty um, and that ease has its consequences. Right. As you were citing earlier, people just don't really understand and know what they're doing. Do you guys see the, the most compelling just the fact that it's so elastic and spin up, spin down? Is it the fact that you can bill it in seconds? Uh, I mean, what do you think is uh, really the the biggest benefit to using the public cloud? Our our biggest benefit is is bandwidth, right? In in the old days, you know, you had to call up IT. They would call your, you know, whoever your throughput is, Verizon, AT and T, or whoever your big uh, player was, and then they'd have to get a contract to the data center. You may have to put in new switches. 
all that's gone away. I mean, if we have a spike or we need additional bandwidth, it's it's minutes, right? We can just spin up another account, get going. Um, so we don't have that long lead time. But the other side is you've got people spinning up containers and, and running up charges. You know, you talk about the ease of it. Well, also the ease of adding to your bill. And so yeah. we, you know, people are like, well, I just opened another Amazon account or Azure. And suddenly we don't know if it's been properly configured. It's, it's again, I go back to the MVS first PC. You know, when the business started putting PCs out there, IT was like, you did what? You're running what? Uh, I think we're back in those days of, you know, it's the new PC. People are putting stuff up in the cloud. They're like, well, it's just an app for inside the group. You look at the privileges and it may be, you know, open to the whole company, yeah. right? And it does configuration management. It doesn't have good change control. And so we're seeing we're seeing that speed, spend up is good for the business as, as we try to do analytics, for example. We do a lot of analytics on energy consumption and and demand and everything. Mm-hmm. And so we can spin up analytics in minutes, but we also see people, you know, starting their own little mini IT department with their own little cloud. Right. And so I think from a compliance perspective, you're back to the, these, these darn, uh, PCs and, and networks that are, you know, departments are connecting, uh, on their own. Yeah. A little so bit they, of sprawl. Huh? Yeah. A little bit of sprawl. So, yeah. and the, and the IT folks, again, going back to, you know, are trying to tackle the, the migrations. They're not really looking at the homegrown stuff yep. as much. Yeah. Well, and I, I, I know, uh, the thing I was going to mention was planning. You know, you talk about uh, your data retention strategy and just exactly how you're going to rotate your data as you move to uh, cloud. But I think one of the things I've heard over and over is you you really need to plan more. And that was, I guess, my point I was going to get to is it's so easy that sometimes we don't plan because it's like, oh, look, hey, oh, look, hey, click. This is simple. And then the next thing you know, you really haven't thought through what are the consequences of connecting to that database? Um, and, and so having some very strict policies that you can enforce uniformly, uh, templates, if you will, as these new technologies are rolled out, seems like it'd be beneficial. Do you guys do uh, anything like that currently? So we have, right? Like I said, you know, the adoption in, in some of our acquisitions was, uh, you know, I would challenge as haphazard at best, uh, no, no standard configuration. So we have gone to a configuration management, you know, and, and making sure, you know, the security on the containers, the apps, their storage, uh, because think about it, you could spin up something, as you say, in a minute, run it for a couple hours and then take it down. Well, there may be serious compliance requirements because say, for example, that's an energy contract and we have to retain it for the life plus 10 years or 20 years. Right. And you just spun it down and it's gone. It's, it's not like the old, old, you know, it's on a tape or someone backed it up. It, it was spun up and took down and it may be an analysis that we did. So the company is very stringent on making sure folks are not spinning up, deleting, and then going, you know, vaporizing the app right. and then using that for a business decision. The, the ephemeral nature, which has so many wonderful benefits, right? This elastic uh, spin up, spin down nature also has its consequences. You know, a lot of times, Kevin, when I'm out speaking, I kind of have my mixed metaphor analogy for compliance with a fixed data centers like compliance on a lake versus 
uh, uh, the, when you're using cloud, it's like a river. It's always moving, changing every single day, and it definitely introduces new challenges. Absolutely. And one of the things that we see is, you know, when in, in I don't want to say the old days because I don't want to sound old, but, you know, vendors would connect in. They would have to get requests, for example, to get into some of our systems to do diagnostics, for example. Well, now they connect through the cloud. And so, you know, in the old days, you'd turn off the modem or turn off that Ethernet switch and they couldn't get back in. Now they just go into the cloud and you have to have a lot of diligence around disconnecting people as well identity access and uh, the management of people is critical absolutely and i think a lot of companies again we spin it up we say oh these people need access and not everybody's you know knows that you know this gives access to all or this changes all these people in the group and so again it goes back to our training setup and review and i think the review piece is one a lot of companies have to get their audit and compliance folks up to speed is are you reviewing it on a periodic basis because it can change so quickly like you said the river can sweep you down pretty quick uh, away from your home base yep. if you're not watching what you're doing yeah no doubt no doubt well this has been uh, really terrific i know uh i've taken up a bunch of your time already kevin i really thank you very very much for taking time out of your busy schedule to visit with us i hope we can have you back uh maybe in a future episode where we can talk some more uh thanks very very much for for joining us today thank you grant have a great day you do the same so everyone thanks so very much It was great talking cloud with you. Look for another episode coming soon. And we appreciate you listening. Tell your friends and we'll see you again or hear you again here on Talking Cloud.